Hi everyone, Sharice again before the audio to making it up 202, another Twitch live stream, our third one. The audio has vastly improved. We have figured it out finally. Just as another reminder, in case this is your first Twitch live stream that you are tuning into, there are some visual references. We are looking at this material online together at the same time, and at the end of the episode, we play GeoGuessr. If you are interested in watching the live stream, you can follow us at twitch.tv slash makintv, M-A-E-K-A-N-T-V. All right, let's get into it. Co-hosted by myself, Sharice Spoon, and Eugene Can, we come together on a weekly basis to talk about things that we are interested in, have questions about, want to get each other's thoughts on. Make It Up is produced by Makin, which is original storytelling at its purest through captivating audio, engaging words, and beautiful visuals. It's kind of funny now that we're, you know, on air like this, I feel like this intro needs to change. It, it sounds different when you read it and you can visualize the person reading it versus when you hear it as a podcast. Sure. I mean, I'll still do it. I'll still do it. I mean, you don't, do you not agree? I am just really aware that people might not be looking at our faces. Okay. Anyways, I'll, so I'll jump right them, into my part so, then. So to them, there is no difference. It, I literally sound the same. All right. Making it up is an exercise in analyzing and dissecting important movements in creative culture. It's an opportunity to sound off in each other and make sense of the complex, intertwined world we live in. We try to come to some sort of conclusion in order to be helpful to our listeners, but really we are working through things and we appreciate you working through them with us. Making It Up is supported by our generous Patreon members. To help us keep going, consider becoming a member at patreon.com slash for Discord access, exclusive newsletters, and more. I mean, I think a lot of Twitch streams don't have scripted introductions. Yeah, so exactly. Right. If you wanted to lean into the live stream mechanics, we would just not do a scripted introduction. I, I think it'd be best if we didn't just just throw it away. It's just too long to it. Throw it out the door. All right. It's it's I it's, mean, we, we, we've recorded ourselves saying this intro like a 100 plus times. So if you ever wanted it, it's there. Yep. Yeah. Yep. It's there. All How's right. What's, what's been up with you? Not much. I mean, fuck, man. It's like a like countdown to when the baby comes. So there's yeah. That. Do you have um, an actual? It was countdown? yo. It was. Do you have a calendar? Crazy. I actually like, have. Are you like ticking I, off the days? You know. I don't, but I have a a really crazy story that's kind okay. of like funny. So I'm not really a superstitious person, but I think that you you know like Chinese people like certain Asian cultures are very superstitious. I'm right? only laughing because like your beginning is. Uh, I'm not a very superstitious person, but which is like immediately this is going to be about you being superstitious. Well, it's more that me, me playing along with the whole. Okay. Okay. So Chinese process. people. Yeah. Anyways. Superstitious. Um, so my wife's cousin, well, she's, she's kind of into that stuff. Um, and she's like, oh, I did some research for you. And it wasn't that we, <laughs> we, it wasn't that we were not interested in information, right? It was more like, hey, she's into it. Like, it's kind of like a. A funny thing but she's like hey i've gone and looked at all the best birth times for you and okay. i've i've identified the sort of uh best one relative to all the other ones so what she then proceeded to do was like hey if they're born before this time this will happen if they're born after that time that will happen so some of the different outcomes if they're born outside of the ideal call it time 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 frame is like oh they'll have a difficult life um they won't be as attractive they'll be attractive and this is okay and this is just me if you know like i guess chinese culture like the sensitivity around weight is very different than in a western context yeah right? sure. like every yeah. time so I, I don't want anyone to be like oh yo man like that that that's that's really harsh but it's like i mean it's just it it is what it is right it's like it's like there's one where it's like she'll be attractive but she'll be like bigger damn that's you know what wrong. i mean like but you can that... see that that's that's kind of the same shit when like you go to a a family outing 
and you see someone for the first time in like two years and like, oh, you've put on weight. Like it's, it's kind you of know, like there's some know, sensitivity non, around that. I think non-Eastern cultures are also fat phobic. Like I don't think we're the only culture who has, you know, the feelings that we do about fat. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, all other, right. All other, right. So different, ones, different outcomes. Last, last one was obvi- the obvious one for Chinese people is like, oh, Jealousy. they're going to have Rich. some money. Yeah. Some mm-hmm. money, but not as much as they have. They won't have as much money if they're unless they're born in that time frame. Okay. Yeah, Do you know what I mean? You. It was like yeah, I, I you, was just you, laughing. Right? Yeah. I mean, it's very easy to explain this to you, but for someone on the outside, I think that that maybe it has is less familiar with like the nuance of of this superstitious. I mean, it's honestly not that not that different than zodiac signs. Yeah, right? it's not, it's not I mean, that different. No, it's not that different. I mean, people believe in astrology too, so you know, it's like that. Yeah. Wait, but I, I have a concern. Is that like so? You know. People pick dates and times for when you get married and other like big events too. It's the same, you know, family of superstition in terms of picking the right date and time for different events. And I can, you know, like a wedding, you can really control exactly yeah. what time that happens, but you can't control when you give birth. Ah, that's where modern science comes into play. So like, I think they can control it within reason. Obviously a C-section is a C-section, right? Like, well, that's, yeah, but that's like, like, you don't, but mostly you don't want to plan for a C-section, do you? No, you do. It's like, it's literally like. No, no, sorry. You, you want to plan for a C-section, but would you get it even if you could? A lot of people prefer to go the C-section route for various oh, reasons. Isn't it more painful? Less painful. No, less painful. Less, pain, less painful because they put you under. And apparently, Hong Kong. Well, you're the expert, so I'm. I'm like, I'm not expert. the expert. I mean, I've taken you're, probably you're... six more hours worth of classes than you have. Um, <laughs> but but in terms of that, yeah, like apparently Hong Kong has a very very high proficiency in like low scarring C sections, which is a big concern for a lot of people. I didn't realize. For me, obviously, you know, playing sports, whatever, like scars are just kind of normal but i didn't realize that so many people have a really strong aversion to scarring which i guess makes mm-hmm. sense right it's like a beauty yeah. beauty thing or whatnot right yeah. um but yeah. in terms of the other stuff like even if you're going natural there's ways for you to be induced and there's like time frames around it like so uh, so what you're telling me is that modern science and superstition in this case have like created the perfect combination like they could because it's only I mean, because of modern science that the superstition can be so accurate. Otherwise, it'd just be like up for, you know, or it could chance. just be, yeah, I don't know how it works, to be honest. Like, I, I like in a non uh, medically induced situation, I don't know how they would kind of manage that. But I think at the end of the day, it's like, yeah, it's not perfect. I see, I think a C section, you could probably call it quite perfectly. You'd be like, hey, I want to go in at 12 p.m. And then I'll be done by however long it takes. And I don't think yeah, and in Hong long. Kong, I bet hospitals like totally oblige because they get they, it. They love it too because yeah. it's a lot easier for them to manage their time. Yeah. So it's like, hey, I know that I can do, I'm making this number up. I don't know the stats, but like I can do, you know, one C-section a day and I can do eight in a day versus, yeah. you know, when someone goes to labor, they might be 12 hours. Well, it's unpredictable. Might... Yeah. 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 Oh, wow. So, so how does, how does your wife feel about this? Uh, are you are you guys shooting? I mean, for, well, are you guys shooting for that like rich? Time? Yeah, yeah. No, we're shooting for the the best balanced, most balanced one. I think. Oh my goodness. I don't know. It's kind of like it's one of those weird things. Is like you cannot care about it, but if you do commit to it, then like it's almost like what's the worst that could happen? Well, I guess there's no downside. Well, I mean, yeah, there isn't. I mean, having predictability. Like if you don't believe in it, then doing it doesn't hurt right because it's not going to do anything bad but on the off chance it does work then you get the benefits yeah 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 so something else happened this past week what happened you had a birthday oh yeah that's right i had a birthday (laughs) uh forgot about that do you have any feelings about the birthday not really i mean i think last birthday as a not yet father yeah, I was saying it was I mean, it was just nice to be with some friends. But I think I think this was the one year I was like, oh, you know, what? let's just like lean into it a bit. It doesn't not a big deal. Yeah. Right. I any, mean, any thoughts? I on feel anything? myself. Not really. I don't know. I think that's at some point you do realize like, fuck, man, I gotta get more shit done. But then you also wonder why do you need to get more shit done? So it's like, 
this vicious cycle. Well, I've been thinking about aging because I have a bunch of health problems. Yeah. Nothing, nothing serious. I'm not trying to like alarm you. Um, a bunch of, uh, I don't know Ling- what to call them. Like chronic. minor, yeah, chronic, but minor health issues. So this might be interesting to you. I had an ankle injury in 2013, yeah. which is nine years ago. Yeah. Okay. And post, and it, it was a serious ankle injury. I jumped for a Frisbee and I landed like yeah. crack on my ankle, like, yeah. like, like making actual snap sound. Okay. I didn't yeah. break the ankle. It was really bad. Yeah. Um, and then I healed after that. And you, you know, that I've been very active yeah, yeah. Boat, climbing, running, half marathons, etc. Okay. Like no issues. Like two months ago, I, I stepped, I literally like a step this, this big. Okay. Yeah. Like a small step. I didn't see it. And I, I stepped off of it and like, it was the bad ankle. Well, I didn't yeah. call it the bad ankle back then. It's just the ankle. And, and now it hasn't gotten better in two months. And now if I finally took myself to the physio. I mean, that's pretty normal though. Yeah, honest. but like, yes, like, I, for I me, like, that, but also it's like the first time in my life, right? Like it happened and I totally like shook it off. Well, yeah. I'm saying like two months ago, shook it off. But then every time I went and tried to like do some more serious activity, like, it, it it was it was painful yeah and i was like damn like is this really because of the 2013 injury like it, it just didn't yeah i mean i have a lot i of mean things... like this is the privilege of a young person right like it didn't occur to me that it was the 2013 injury like awakening essentially yeah, yeah i mean a lot of people say like oh it's never going to be the same but then i realize it's still manageable but that that's also me right like i've torn i've like rolled my ankle a lot of times like yeah the the flexibility stuff isn't there but it's just still usable like, i don't really yeah. feel like it impacts yeah. me yeah yeah I'm, I'm not saying that like it, it's not dire by any means but i think just realizing like oh i have to be more conscious of like um things that happened in the past yeah yeah, yeah. Com- comes out of the comes out of the it's like defrosting. <laughs> yeah, it's like defrosting. Yeah. Should we jump into it? Let's we do it. We have quite a few. Uh, how about you kick us off? I mean, I basically just like dumped a few things on your plate. And I'm, I'm actually, I'm not surprised, but I'm happy you read them. Because I, th- I thought they were like a little bit different. Um, and, you know, I think we've had this conversation before where like, man, sometimes we feel like we just pick the same few links from like the same major outlets and like these were from smaller call it like lesser known uh publications or at least ones i hadn't heard of right um and i thought they had some really interesting topics yeah um i thought it was interesting so eugene as he said sent me a bunch of articles and what was interesting is because like you didn't really say a lot about the context of these four articles so i just read them and like tried to connect the dots myself and I I actually didn't have any dots to be honest I was just like hey these are like three or four things that piqued my interest oh my gosh you didn't actually think of them host that's funny because I was just like trying to connect with it and some of them are more related than others I suppose to kick it off I would say the themes oh I mean there's some big themes A, a, a big theme is like capitalism and anti-capitalism or commerce and anti-commerce or the opposite of commerce, whatever that is. Now that you put it that way, I mean, I'm sure if I, you know, sat with it, because I basically just was like, pick one you want to talk about. No, you made me pick one. Oh my gosh. Well, you know, the one that I have the most questions about, which I don't feel like I can speak authoritatively. The is NFT the collector. NFT one? Well, which is funny. I don't know how much you want to talk you, about it, though. Well, I, I think the the reason why when you immediately asked, like, I felt like you had a sense of apprehension when I because I sent that one first, the one you saw first. Well, I had, I, was like, I, I had apprehension because ever since we stopped recording, like the previous iteration of making it up, I essentially stopped reading about crypto. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I just let I just let myself like stop. Because I, I mean, obviously, I read some headlines, and I'm aware of like kind of 
the the biggest trends that make it to like mainstream media but yeah. in terms of the more nitty-gritty stuff because i knew i wasn't talking to you about it or like it wouldn't come up you didn't have to talk yeah yeah i just i stopped essentially um no so this article that you sent me is really interesting and is not what i expected uh, which is it, why i sent it i didn't want to like i honestly didn't want to talk about another like crypto thing i actually was more interested in the like psychology and sort of the uh, the unseen upside perhaps you know i think when you when you support artists directly i think that was kind of the thing that i was more interested in, in exploring yeah yeah sure so what this article is is a interview between richard kim a big N nft collector long history in different types of trading and investments and jason bailey who is the interviewer and he's the creator of the art and tech blog artgnome.com which i think we've also done an article off of and the reason why i thought this was refreshingly different was because it was very art collector focused more so than about the nft space and they do talk about it they do talk about the speculative nature but i would say the majority is about I, I mean, it's hard to say because, like, I suppose they have, they are biased towards encouraging people to collect this type of art, but it did seem like a real passion for the art itself. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I don't know. Is this like, like naive of me to like believe in that? Because like, I guess, I suppose my reservation is like, whatever the last time we spoke about NFTs in the time since then, it's blown up, right? Where, you know, you're, your grandmother probably knows like what an F NFT is. And there has also been like widespread skepticism slash hate towards yeah. the space. So I suppose to talk about it and to talk about it in a way that even skews positive could come off as being like a defense of something that people really dislike right now yeah i mean yeah. if i could just kind of interject i think some yeah, of, the, of course. the major topics i thought were really interesting were also somewhere in the commerce space so he there's very early on in the interview they referenced two platforms one is called art blocks which is on ethereum it's it's uh i just want to make get my shit straight here i mean i'm more familiar with fx hash there's fx hash and art blocks and fx hash is like a generative uh art platform where you can go and and buy uh like just art from artists and they're usually written by script right so it's not an artist banging out you know 150 pieces themselves they're they're, they're designing a script that then creates it uh and well, art what you mean, sorry to be more specific is that each piece is not handmade by an artist correct like as in because when you say banging it out actually that is true an algorithm is banging it out or a script or some side of computer generated you know program yeah uh that the artist has created at least the the script but not each piece is being labored over in you know the traditional sense yeah yeah so I'm continue sure. art blocks fx hash yeah and basically fx hash the difference between the two is that art blocks is extremely open you and i could go create work tomorrow and put it on there right and on the flip side uh you have you know the other one art blocks which is super curated so it also talks about you, like, sorry philosophy. you I have to correct you because i think you miss said fx hash is really open really open yeah sorry that's yeah. what i meant and yeah. art blocks is super curated Yes. Uh, and I yeah. think what what's interesting is that like it changes the the way in which people can interact with stuff because the the type of artists on there are also different, right? Like you're you're largely going to only find a particular set of artists on art blocks. Yeah. Um, so I think that's one, one thing that's interesting because from a philosophical perspective, if you're uh, quote unquote pro crypto and decentralization and and uh, removing gatekeepers and FX hash seems like a much more interesting and compelling offering. Mm. Um, and also, he, the reason why he moved past art blocks on Ethereum into FX hash on Tezos was because of the affordability. Like, it almost became crazy that it was just so expensive to participate in the art world. And like, if you and I, I think you and I agree too, it's like, you shouldn't, you shouldn't be limited to your ability to participate in art based off of how much 
uh, income or capital you have, right? Like yeah. you should be able to support yeah. in a certain way. And if you go on Tezos, like I, like you could go on right now and buy something for like three US dollars, right? And let's say someone, you know, an artist has 90 pieces, you know, that's $270 that might not seem like a lot of money, but you can still actually meaningfully support somebody. And I think that what's changing now is the type of optics or messaging where this isn't like a quick rich scheme where I'm trying to like go in and make sure that, you know, I'm, I, I, I maximize, I'm not here to create this massive event where, oh, my NFT went for, you know, five figures, six figures. And I think it actually changes the way in which artists are also generating income because once again, you Charisse, like, let's say you have a hundred uh, pieces of art that you crypt, created by script. Uh, I buy one for a dollar, but then the royalties are 20%. So every time I sell this on, you, Sharice, will get, you know, a percentage. So if I buy one for a dollar and I list it for $1,000, which sells, you get $200 of that. So you understand how actually this type of uh, way for artists to get paid has changed. And it's in some ways, like as an artist, I don't think you really get any negative downside when your art is resold per se unless it kind of is sold to the wrong people, like there's a strong consolidation. Yeah, that's that's kind of separate to it. But I think that the act of your art be moving and changing hands isn't necessarily bad. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I agree. There's something Richard Kim says that really did stick with me. You just scrolled past it, but you were yeah. staying on that quote earlier where he said, you know, the other thing I was struggling with after preaching art blocks to so many friends and family was I couldn't say in good faith, okay, after all that, your entry point is gonna cost you $20,000. Go buy this squiggle. Chromie Google's 2020 are great. I think they'll continue to go up, but not everyone has $20,000 lying around to buy an NFT. And then below that, he says, you know, you didn't, you don't, with X, FX hash, you don't have to listen to these crypto Twitter influencers. And so I, I appreciate, I think also like the honesty in this interview where they speak really directly to the, um, the general public perception of the NFT space and trying to yeah. address like, why they are still, you know, participating and positive about these other elements of it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, you know, I think that going through this as well, I'm trying to find other things too that are kind of interesting because they talk also about like the way in which uh, artists flipped. So one thing that's also yeah, interesting. Yeah, 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 exactly. That quote about uh, no issues yeah. with flippers. Yeah, and one thing that you've seen a lot, and this is kind of through through the sort of the the developments around like proper Dutch auction. So I'm not sure if you're familiar with the Dutch auction, but basically what it means is that, and they've done this in the world of StockX with sneakers, is that let's say there's a, an allotment of a thousand pieces. Uh, basically you put in bets, or not bets, you put in bids at different tierings. So let's say a hundred people put in a bid at a hundred dollars. Uh, then those 100 pieces will get pulled out and 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 sold to those people and then you go down the so basically it's like a way to manage uh demand so like once you get to the very end that would probably suggest that there's not as much demand but subsequently the price is different so it's kind of like not that different from buying a airplane ticket right like certain tickets will be more expensive and then it's just dynamic pricing basically which is an interesting way to to kind of explore it as well. Hmm. Hmm. Um, I'm trying to see if there's anything else because like there, for there me, was what... a, there was a quote that was really interesting to me that I would like to hear your take on. If you scroll down past the yellow square that says GM on it, yeah, yeah, okay, okay, this one. Uh, so Jason asks, "What's more important, the art or the chain?" And then Richard says, "I wrote a long article recently called Warm Crypto, arguing that the things that made crypto succeed were trustlessness and good decentralization. These are very important primitives if you're trying to build a financial system that's not controlled by anyone. But if you're trying to create community currency where you give people the right to earn a living for all their passions and engagement, then actually you don't need trustlessness and decentralization. You need top-down centralization of great content and great community." and then interoperability between what were previously closed loop content ecosystems. The chain obviously needs to continue operating it, but so long as it does, it's much more about the content. Totally agree with that. I, I, I did not read this take 
yeah. before because like there's so i feel like you know the you know as richard called them earlier like the twitter crypto investors like they the the message the gospel around crypto is decentralization decentralization right like anti-centralized economy anti-centralized you know banking stuff like yeah. that and for him to say what we need isn't that is not actually the de decentralization part it's centralized content and community i yeah it's new to me but maybe not new to you yeah i think that it needs to happen within a range right i think there's certain things that are like non-negotiables in terms of like decentralization right like um in terms of consensus and all the other stuff but i think what what is interesting is that like i think in terms of optimizing some of the things to to make it focused correctly meaning if this is as he mentions like creating something that uh, allows somebody to invest the right amount of resources into building the art side of a chain like i think tezos is an interesting example because in recent times it's kind of been known as the art chain like it does a lot of art related stuff it, it mm -hmm. and i think that some level of like decision making at the top then helps support it in a different manner than if it was purely decentralized like um if you use bitcoin as notwithstanding like minor centralization like who's who's mining it but just like um that's a little bit more decent that's probably the best example of decentralization i think what you're looking at is tezos is like it's definitely governed by like kind of a body right in yeah. a way where i mean i i don't want to take any any liberties but i think that if you have the ability to kind of inject money in the right places and that in itself helps create community through different avenues i think that in itself is probably a proper way of looking at what he means here mm. right so i i think it's it's kind of like you know to go back to that example of you know when you have and i'm not saying that I'm, I'm trying to like push it down this this path but if you look at uh, art grants and whatnot art grants can be probably more successful on the basis that they're able to like bring in the right type of goals and 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 solve for them right yeah i mean i guess what's interesting to me and this is kind of a fuzzy thought so bear with me but i think the public perception of crypto is that people try to sell it as a kind of socialism, bear with me, where the means of production and earning money are in the hands of the workers, right? Because it's decentralized. So each individual has control. And that's like the public perception of the message. But then in addition to that, I think the public perception is also that these people are hypocrites and actually it's making rich people increasingly rich, the wealthier get more wealthy, right? So do you see what I mean? So like the public perception is like, oh, you're trying to sell me this new type of currency and making money that you're saying is like more democratic, more, you know, in the hands of the individual, but in actuality, you know, crypto is helping the rich stay rich. Does it make yeah, sense? I, I think yeah. I, I so definitely th see that's that. like my summary of the public perception. And actually, I appreciate what Richard is saying, because he's saying it's not about this like gospel of decentralized everything, you know, complete an anonymity or like complete like every individual has like equal say. He's saying, you know, curation still exists for good reasons. Like you still need someone who organizes a community and organizes content together. So uh, yeah, I, I'm into it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that Tezos and you know, uh, we should just pull up FX hash right now because I think it's an example of how you can be a participant and it's now it's feels like it's turning into like an FX hash, like, like, uh, what do you call it? FX hash, like, uh, paid ad. But I think it's also interesting just to kind of show what it's like. And I mean, the stuff is genuinely cool, in my in my opinion. Like, let's pull something. Um, I mean, this is probably the best piece of artwork to pull. Actually, let's use something like this. 
So like this piece, for example, all right. <laughs> you said it was a paid ad, but no, I think it's the opposite yeah. of that. <laughs> Let me see. It's loading really slow. But um, yeah, like this is not a good example because obviously it's like, well, actually, you know, uh, wait, I'm going to re reboot this. Crashed. Hilarious. Yeah. So this is the project, right? This is all through uh, what you call generative art, right? So it's, it's a lot of it's, it's not a lot of it. Some of it is pa very pattern derived, right? And I, th yeah. I still think it looks kind of cool. I mean, I, I haven't, I've still kind of come across work that I find really interesting. Um, despite the fact like, hey, oh, it's done by a computer, like that's kind of boring. Like I think there's a lot of interesting things. Um, so to kind of break this down, like when this first dropped, this was uh, a mint price of five Tezos, which is about 10 US dollars, right? I mean, that's pretty affordable, I would say. Yeah. Uh, and there is uh, in total, I mean, there's right here, 500. So like, let's say this dude minted out, he'd make, you know, around, based on the current price anyways, 2,500 US, which I think is about fair. You know, I'm not... I should, it shouldn't, it goes back to the thing like, yeah, maybe a computer did it. You weren't physically doing it, but at the same time, it's like you're, it took some sort of vision, right? Skill set to do this. And then now when you list it, like, you know, some are going for upwards of 500. I assume this is probably a more rare one. Um, yeah. And he's getting 15% of royalties. So yeah, it's pretty rare. Right. Yeah. Um, so like, that's an example of something that, that, Change hands. So, like, when this, if this was to sell for what is 500 Tezos, he would get 15%, which is 75 Tezos, which is about 150 US, right? It feels a little bit more. I mean, ultimately, at the end of the day, you have to assume this sort of interest in collectability. And I think that's one thing that's changed a little bit with what, uh, what I think Richard said, where he's like saying that, you know, for me, the, the, the collectability nature kind of actually changed a little bit where I just wanted to buy stuff I wanted to buy and collect and not really feel like, oh, I have this pressure to create a set, which is what he was doing with art blocks. Mm -hmm. yeah. should, we, yeah. should we move on to the next one? I mean, yeah, I actually wanted to. So I was kind of bringing up this, you know, Richard's point about decentralization versus centralized, like decentralization of currency versus centralized content and community to this is like really a hop and a skip over but to the explore what works article hope beyond rugged individualism mm -hmm. so sorry so, you want to we're going to move on to that one yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so yeah. this is an article in explore what works written by tara mcmullen and broad strokes the the first half is about american history so we don't necessarily have to recap that. It's about like the 1920s in the US and Herbert Hoover. The important part about this first half is basically like it was the beginning of this American myth, this belief in rugged individualism. And the author writes, rugged individualism is the philosophical foundation that convinces you that if you fail, it's because you're not good enough. Rugged individualism erases the impact of structural and systemic inequality. And rugged individualism is what inspires the kind of tough luck policies we looked at in last week's deep dive. Individualism is what convinces us to buy products and services designed to help us overcome the results of a continued injustice or to mitigate the effects of inhumane conditions. So essentially, the article is about, you know, uh, a lot of people buy into, you know, if you make it, you made it on your own work. And if you fail, you failed because you are bad. You suck, right? Yeah, yeah. I guess like my, we don't have to talk about the connection too much, but my, my connection between like what Richard and what the uh, right click save interview was saying and this is that, you know, I did get out of that right click save interview, the importance of community existing, that it's yeah. meant being involved, you know, FX hashtags, these are super open, all of these people involved in like making art and selling art and, you know, it's low barriers to entry. And I, I feel like that's in line with what this article 
is saying about how we need to move past the myth of individualism. We need to accept that we are reliant on systems bigger than ourselves. We're reliant on being in connection to each other. Yeah, totally. And I think, you know, this is something that I'll probably experience. And I I think I've mentioned this before, like, I, I live a pretty unique lifestyle where I live now because I have so many friends that at, at our age, it's, it's a little bit rare. It's like, it's kind of like a, a quasi campus dorm vibe where, you know, I have friends upstairs. I have friends like, you know, two buildings away. And these are not less like casual people. Like these are people I probably could take a trip around the world with. I would hang out every day with, and I do hang yeah. out every day with them. So that kind of goes into the value of what it means to find the right people and to create that combination with them. I think combination is the wrong word. It's a connection. It's what I'm looking for. Uh, and by doing so, it's like, oh shit, like these are things that when you bring them together, it's like, it, it, it changes both your, I think your, your personal psychology, your pre- but also the professional outcomes as well. Right. And I think this is something that I know I sent this to a friend um, and he Honestly, he was like, I don't, I didn't understand this. Like, he's an intelligent oh, really? dude, but I think he on. I'm not saying he's not intelligent, but it's just like different values, no, right? No, but he was like, he kind of felt like this was, uh, you know, this is obviously gonna, this is a, another topic in itself. He's like, oh, it just feels like, hey, once again, this is like, um, looking at. Yeah, I think a few things. He he felt like this 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 individualism that's pinned to the United States is in some ways not necessarily accurate to just the United States. Like, I think it's just that the United States has the least amount of structures, which makes it look the worst, right? He's not, he's like kind of half American. Like it's one of those, like with when it's convenient to be American or it's convenient to be European. Right. Um, so he, and he also was like, Hey, is it just like, kind of like, I don't think he really fully understood that the systemic uh, challenges that have impacts on people when we, when you focus on rugged individualism, because he's, been the benefactor of not having to worry about it mm. right so for him it's like obviously call it a blind spot call it whatever like or just not not really acknowledging it because it doesn't exist like i, I wasn't going to push him on that and like because it wasn't really about me like trying to open his eyes to agree to this it's more like sharing this article about mm. individual because i actually didn't look at it from the racial perspective necessarily mm. but it is a it is a component of it yeah, I mean, we could take that angle for sure. You could take the racial angle, especially when talking about, you know, systemic inequalities. Um, but that's not how I read it either. And probably not because I'm not aware, but because we do live in Hong Kong, where we belong to the majority race yeah. being Chinese. So I think this race is not as surface thought about here. But I did think a lot about individualism vs cooperation or community, whatever you want to call it in the sense of capitalism and mm-hmm. you know how we purchase items and how we make money because like yeah I, I like what this author highlights towards the end where it's valuable to recognize a lot of our activities are not driven by capitalism mm-hmm. that we do a lot of things the author quotes Solnit. I'll just read it. And Solnit writes, uh, in, in essence, non-capitalist or even, do you want to scroll down? Yeah. 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 In essence, non-capitalist or even anti-capitalist, full of things we do for free, out of love and on principle. And I know you're about to have a baby. And so my example is like kind of on a lesser scale, but we talked last week how I adopted a dog, right? So my yeah. partner and I adopted a dog. Did I mention to you that like the number one thing I did not realize about adopting a dog is how many people I talk to. So um, you, maybe you don't have this oh, experience. Yeah, there's less people where, where I live, but totally like it's a it's a even taking the elevator. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Anytime. So long as I am with Koopa, our dog, like it's like I'm up for conversation. Like people would not previously just randomly speak to me on the street. But like I have so many anecdotes from just the last two months of people wanting to talk to me about Koopa. And then on top of that, like we have now made this new community of friends who are dog owners in the neighborhood we live in, which was also unexpected. Like I'm now in a WhatsApp group of dog owners in my neighborhood. 
Oh, and, crazy. Yeah, I know. But it's like really, I, I mean, I know you you guys have created your own like little commune in your neighborhood already. But like, I I, I'm, I always say I'm, I'm very like positive about, you know, being part of this WhatsApp group and like discovering, oh, you know, like we all have this shared love and interest. Like we're dog owners. We love our dogs. And we recognize that we can create a community for ourselves where we help each other out, like purely because we care about each other's dogs, even if we don't necessarily care about one another, like even if we don't really know one another. So um, this is my like firsthand experience of this. And it, make, it makes owning a dog a lot easier. So. Yeah, I think that's something that is really interesting because I've, I've experienced it too, never thought about it. But, you know, I, I think that there's certain things that connect us in ways that we didn't we don't expect like I'm sure you know for certain parents like they, they have to hang out with other parents because their kids are friends yeah sure yeah. and then you might not even really like want to have coffee with these other parents but you also recognize how being it's friends with these valuable. other parents is like yeah valuable to yeah. your your life yeah. yeah yeah and I think like the most uh natural way to sort of like the three-parter I know you have four articles but I think the third part of this conversation is the anti-capitalist capitalist. Yeah, let's from, move on to that from, one then. From Recode? Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to give the overview of this article? Yeah, I think the overview is primarily that there's an incoming generation of investors, high net worth individuals who are now, I always want to use this word, but I, I'm always afraid I'm going to say it wrong, but it's chewing. That's correct. That's correct. Eschewing, eschewing like the traditional approach towards making money by just like finding uh, the biggest returns without really worrying about the ethics of where they're investing, right? So in this context, what they're doing is that they talk about um, a relatively well wealthy person uh, who is, as they put it here, part of a small but growing number of wealthy people seeking a more radical approach to investing. Something they call it the seemingly contradictory term anti-capitalist investing and while others call it transformative investing so basically finding things that are companies that kind of align with their their morals it's kind of like esg which is basically environmentally focused investing so but like if you're investing in tesla you kind of have an esg slant to it although maybe not directly you might believe more in like the ability for it to actually make you money versus i really want to invest in electric vehicles yeah uh, but the, so this I, article does draw a direct like comparison between what these investors are trying to do and ESG, because basically they're saying, if you scroll further down, in 2020, almost 36% of professionally managed assets globally were classified as socially responsible investments. Within this category, environmental, social, and corporate governments, ESG integration was the most popular strategy. But this are, and I feel, you know, similarly like skepticism, you know, how much impact, how much real impact does ESG do? Not to say that it's like a bad thing. Like I'm glad ESG has become mainstream, but I think what these investors are trying to do, I, and I'm not like qualified to say, does it work or not? But I appreciate that they are trying to do something a little bit more radical than just ESG. Yeah. yeah yeah and i i think it's an interesting too because there's um there's like this big the, uh, a really massive number they gave they was like uh where is it the wealth transfer one oh like how much money is going to be transferred between generations in yeah. the states yeah nuts i wonder what it is in hong kong i would love to know that number in hong kong i bet it's huge too yeah as they mentioned over the next 25 years, American baby boomers will pass on some $68 trillion to their children. It will be the biggest wealth transfer in U.S. history, but the money won't be handed out evenly. Even more wealth will be concentrated at the top. Yeah. So I think that's something that's, you're right, it's going to be really interesting to see what happens in, in the next little while here. Um, but I, I think that ultimately what is interesting is that we're now shifting mindsets where it's like moving past the like, I need to get as much as possible mm. versus like, let me manage my my intake. In yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think the people that were interviewed who belong to, you know, the set of people who've inherited millions of dollars or who have somehow come into a lot of money, they're all like in their mid thirties. So I think there's a reason for this change, right? Like a generational region reason, you know, these young people having grown up differently or being more, um, more cognizant of wealth inequality and climate crisis and, you know, in relation to the previous article, like more aware of systemic injustice, at least that's what it sounds like. I don't know any of these people personally. And it's interesting, like reading this article, because like, well, I don't belong to this tier, right? You and I do not belong yeah, yeah, to correct. the tier of anti-capitalist investors. We don't have uh, that kind of money to to redistribute. So I suppose no, I read this yeah, article. Yeah, not at the same scale for sure. Yeah, like... yeah, exactly. Not the same scale. I mean, I suppose if we talk like percentage, like percentage of the wealth that we do have, there there are anti-capitalist attitudes that you can take in terms of the way you spend or invest your money. Um, but I suppose I mainly read the article and was like feeling nicely optimistic about yeah. a, a new generation of wealthy people. It, it's, but it's more a matter of, is it like too little, too late? Like, could this have happened, you know, 15? I mean, it you can't, there was, timing was not on its side, right? But yeah. what happens if this shift had happened, not, you know, upcoming, but it happened 25 like Bill years Gates. ago? Like if Bill Gates and his like, you know, cohort of million billionaires had had this attitude, then things might be really different. But, but yeah, know. but ar arguably, that's like may maybe the system that allowed people to make so much money in itself accelerated certain things, changed the social dynamic, the social fabric, a lot of these things, right? I mean, this is like a really sad repeated theme in his human history, which is like, why could we not have realized? you know, ABCD before the tipping point. And the tipping point can be global temperatures rising five degrees, right? Why couldn't we realize the necessity of addressing climate crisis before that happened, right? Or, you know, why can't we realize the inequalities of wealth distribution before, you know, wealth is concentrated in the top 0.2% or whatever yeah. it is, right? But we can't. I mean, like, I don't know if that's fatalistic or not, but just like human nature has not ever worked out that way. Yeah. In terms of not ever worked out to realize the sensible thing prior to the major tipping point. But I, I feel it's really hard when you're caught in a generation, right? Because I think yeah. to make those changes often requires a certain level of sacrifice. And I think most people are not interested in sacrificing. You and I are probably you know, we, we try, I think we both try reading and discussing important issues of our time, but I would definitely say we are blind to something that in yeah. 20 years, we'll look back and be like, you know, why didn't, why didn't we in 2022 realize that this was happening? Yeah. yeah. Should we move on to the last one? Yeah, I don't really have, I don't really have anything to say about the last one. It, it was funny. Yeah, maybe oh, we just rip through I, have, it real I have, quick. have, I have nothing. You, we could just, po you can post whichever one you thought was the funniest. <laughs> I, I'll just go through it real quick. You know, I think this was a, a really fun article where it just said, "14 warning signs that you're living in a society without a counterculture." And I actually think this is pretty relevant across the board towards like global culture in a way, right? Um, but yeah, number one, every screen shows the same movie. Two, alt-weeklies disappear in every city along with everything else that's alternative or outside the norm. Or they get bought by like a bigger entity, a bigger newspaper. The most popular song doesn't change for three years in a row. This I didn't know, but that's crazy. Uh, the banal word content is used to describe every type of creative work, implying that artistry is generic and interchangeable. We've talked about this before. For sure. Um, Five, there are a lot of journalists, but they all seem to be working for the same corporations. Uh, the dominant company in the creative culture views everything as a brand extension. Indie music and alt music are marginalized through Spotify playlists. Telling jokes becomes a dangerous profession. Obviously, Will Smith, um, 
This was the Dave only Chappelle. one that I was like kind of disagreeing with in terms of like whether this is indicative indicative of like the lack of a counterculture, but we can we can move on. I think it's more of the fact that you can't really have that ability to tell and comment on culture and society. In my opinion, I disagree. I mean, I think there are some jokes that don't need to be. Well, one, I don't think they're jokes and they don't need to be said. Like, what's the line? I'm not in um, Chris Rock's case, but there's like um, a contingent of people who point out that a lot of comedians rely on transphobic jokes. And I I agree, like, they don't need to be said. So this is the one I didn't agree with, but continuing. Number nine, the experts who explain the culture to us all seem to be insiders with identical backgrounds. Um, this is you, a bunch of professors. Yeah, I read that and was like, well, I know. Uh, number 10, uh, this year's movies look a lot like last year's movies, which is basically just uh, sequel Disney? after sequel after sequel, right? Yeah. Uh, 11, existing IP. even elite awards for creativity are dominated by reboots and remakes. Yeah. Uh, 12, five companies have almost complete control over the book business, where in an earlier day, dozens of indie publishers thrived. This one gets me down. It does. Yeah. This one This one gets me down. 13, everybody's encouraged to watch the same TV shows and movies with niche options gradually removed from the dominant platforms. Uh, and the last one, all those nasty rebellious songs that the fire authorities are now owned by hedge funds. This one, I also, I, I'm less excited about or less on board with than uh, the rest. But yeah. I would say like the publishing one hit me hard. All of the ones that were about like, you know, the consolidation of creation of media in the hands of a few, like that's, yeah, that bums me out. It's the illusion of having choice or the illusion of there being an indie, but really it's made by the same people who make the blockbusters. Yeah, or like plants, like industry plants that are meant to be indie looking. But yeah, yeah, actually yeah. backed by a corporate. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, actually, good selection. I, I, good, yeah, good selection. I, I kind of like this format of not needing to go too deep and just kind of going. I mean, this is a listicle, stuff. right? Does this not throw you back? Oh, no, this, this, no, sorry. This totally throws me back to like. I, I was referring oh, I'm to the fact. Oh, I'm sorry. You mean making it up? Oh, you meant yeah, what we just did like, today. Okay, just yeah. not kind of like keeping everything short and sweet and having a few different things to talk about. Yeah, I mean, this honestly is uh, more challenging. I'm like, I'll come out and say it because instead of prepping like one article in detail, it's also really interesting to see how the two of us connect a bunch of things going on in the world and in our brains. Yeah. Yeah. On the fly with, I mean, we don't even really take notes, but I think the fact that we can kind of scroll through stuff changes, right? Yeah, yeah, it helps. This is like doing some kind of sport, like Mensa. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, all right, should we cap it off with a little GeoGuessr? Oh, man. Oh, I'm, I'm still gutted by last week's game where I, right. I lost in the last round. I'm recording oh. from home, so I'm going to call in my uh, partner to tag me. <laughs> all right, send me the link. All right. Just send it to you. Um, duels, right. I, I guess. I'm there. I'm there. Yeah, let's do it. Oh, we didn't get Nate. We said we'd do that. Okay, next all time. Right, next. next time. All right, let's start this game. All right, all right. Concentrate, Sharius. All right. Let's see the first one's at. Oh, the music. I gotta crank no, up the audio it's a getting, bit. It's getting, it's getting, it can be anxious. All right, I know exactly where this is. What? You're totally bluffing me. You don't know exactly where this is. What is this, Calgary or some shit? No. Alberta. Is this Alberta? No, it's not. No. That would be unfair. That would be an unfair advantage to you. I actually don't know. I'm, I'm making this up. Oh I my thought God. I... Way, to, way to fake me out. I'm going by um, foliage again.
Damn it. I don't know. I'm just gonna guess. Guessing. Guessing. Oh, we were both kind of close. Oh, shit. We were both close, but you were slightly closer. Oh, Damn. interesting. How come you were so much closer? That, that, yeah, I don't know why. I've, I've only been to Australia once and not oh, in that. I've been to Australia a couple times, but no, not that not that part. Did it look like Australia to you? Uh, I always rely on text, so yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't say that it did. It didn't feel like uh, the U.S. No, for some reason. Okay, I'm moving this, really this, quickly down the road. This one's really hard. Oh, you know what? You can use the number key. To do the number what? Pad to to move faster. To 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 move faster. Dude, this one's really hard because it's just. Uh, not... It could be Australia again. It could be. It's really wide open. Should I just gamble? Gamble in Australia. Signage. Oh, you're going to Australia, hey? Oh, man. I'm just oh. guessing. I'm just guessing. I'm just putting some pressure on. Oh, man. I can't catch up to this. <laughs> you can't catch up to the moving vehicle? Oh. Oh, my. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I was, I was, was going to put in what you call it. I was actually going to put in Europe. And I ran out of time. Because I had to, I didn't double confirm my guess. Okay, well, nothing, nothing oh, happened there. Oh, my bad. All right. Frick. This. Where is this? Yo, this is like Canada. It does. This is what Canada looks like. Yeah, pretty much. I've only been to Canada like once when I was a baby and then once when I was 18. So I would I would have less of an idea what Canada looks like. But I don't think this is Canada. Oh man, I Oh. Did you guess? I'm going to guess here. Oh. Damn. All right. Oh, All right, this one should be an four. easy one. This one How should be an easy one. How can you already tell? Oh. oh, man. Oh, maybe not. Oh, you can only go in one direction. Dude, this one's hard. I thought I saw like a strip mall, but I'm like, that'd be too easy. This is like the opposite of a strip mall. We need to bring some like architecture pro in to try these. Dude, I'm not getting any any tips. All right, I'm gonna go with. I don't know, okay. but I'm willing to guess to uh, apply some pressure on you. Ah, you were so much oh, closer than me. Nice. Shit, Dude, that was a job, huge one. Eugene. Huge good one. job. All right, I need this point two five healing. You know what they don't have a lot is uh, Asia. Oh yeah, good point. Is it because they use Google Maps and like the Asia one's not as good? Yeah, like some like you can't use Google Maps in like obviously quite I feel a few like places, right? Asia, we'd be better at the Asian ones. I feel like you could pinpoint them really close. I mean, the the you would be able to read the signage a lot easier. Yeah, I'm not so good at recognizing European languages. Yo, man, this is tough. 
All right. Damn, you guessed. I have not the foggiest. What country makes houses that look like this? I don't even know what continent I should be on. Oh, I didn't guess. Oh, it was kind of close. You're so close. Jesus. Oh, not bad. 6,000 versus 2,902. You're smashing it. <laughs> we'll have to pick a new you game. You secretly studying? You secretly we'll have, studying? We'll, we'll no, I'm, fine with, I'm fine with being that. Like, that's fine. But we need to bring in someone to beat you. Like, do you think Nate has a chance? Nate, does he have a chance? I mean, Nathan's pretty good at geo geography. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. All right, you found you found a witch called, didn't you? I you didn't. A... I didn't find a domain name. Um, my my strategy is to just apply pressure before you guess. Oh wow! Yeah, we were so we're both close off. to each other. I know. Oh, we were both you off know what? I saw I saw the umlauts, and I was like, oh, my, I think it's oh, Turkey, but shit. it was. Hey, All right, man, double you... damage, double damage. Ooh, this is this place is pretty. Oh man, I gotta run down the beach. It's funny because I think they, they limit um, your path. Well, maybe the path is limited by Google Maps. Like maybe there's a limit. No, like I, I can't Maps. I can't like jump off and go into. Like, oh, yeah, uh, you can. This is tough. It's pretty. Man, you, you need a vacation badly. okay i'm not that like itchy to travel to be honest i'm fine maybe i should just go to the beach in hong kong i haven't been in a long time where is this i don't know i don't know either it's nice but it's not that nice yeah it's sort of middling nice you guessed i don't know educated yes that's what you are an educated person i'm not the foggiest shit i'm gonna run out of okay just gonna guess oh wow where is this i don't know some random island oh guam you know what i did think hawaii you know i'm not gonna lie guam. i did think hawaii it was only was like, it, but but it wasn't nice enough to be Hawaii. Okay, forest, forest road. Oh man. Okay, let's go, let's go, let's go. Damn, no street signs. Why what other that? games can we play? If I if I win if I win two weeks in a row, then we'll have to find a new game. I think we do have to find a new game. Oh, Russia. Ah. Oh. No wait, no. Where no, was it? you were closer, Slovakia. Oh. You nice. did win two weeks in a row. All right. All right. Let's, well, next week, let's find let's find a word game. I tend to be better at those. Okay. Yeah. Let's if, do if, if we're leaning into my strengths, then it's gonna be like some type of uh typing or english language game i might be better at that than geography but having said this it will be very embarrassing if i also lose yeah all right my friend all right do we do, do an outro or no 
Uh, we can do a casual outro. All right. If you want to find out more about us, you can visit us at makein.com or at makein on Instagram. Do you want to plug yourself as an individual? Do you want more people to see your uh, influencer parody IG stories? Sure, sure. You can go follow Eugene at Eugene Can. You can follow myself at Sharice Poon, but I don't really post. So, yeah, I All mean, right. if you want. You Otherwise, can you can DM subscribe DM to... us, I guess. Yeah, you can DM us and you can support us on Patreon if you want to help us keep going. You can hang out with us on the Megan Discord. Yeah, sounds good. Thanks a lot for everyone's time and uh, the support. All right, that was really bad. I just that was really bad from say. you. Uh, say your name. I'm Eugene. That? I'm Sharice. And this is making it up. All right, let's let's shut this thing down.